This episode of Waffle On is dedicated to Christy Murray. It is a beautiful day in Chicago today. Temperatures expected to reach the upper 70s. Right now, 75 at the lakefront, 74 at Midway, 73 at O'Hare. And now, up in the sky, Don Nelson Skyview traffic. Thanks, Ferris. Man. We've got a scores of accidents. Tom! What's the matter? Oh, it's Ferris. What? What's wrong? What's wrong? For Christ's sake, look at him, honey. Ferris? He doesn't have a fever, but he says his stomach hurts and he's seeing spots. I'm fine. I get up. No. 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 I have a test today. No. I have to take it. I, I want to go to a good college so I can have a fruitful life. Annie, you're not going to school like this now. Oh, fine. What's this? What's his problem? He doesn't feel well. They bought it. This is Waffle On Podcast. to Waffle On Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings. And I'm uh, MC Kelly. You're very laid back, have you? I'm tired now. <laughs> You're tired? I am. Get enthusiastic, so I will when it get kicks, with the programme. When program. it kicks in, when it kicks in. Get with the gear, mm. just because you're off on your holes tomorrow. Yeah, bonjour, bonjour, ooh la la, and all such French shit. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure our friend Adil will be delighted with that. Yeah. At, uh, no, that just say, really, I'm going to do... Uh, Going to do researching for our lower low podcast. <laughs> you really want to do an lower low no, podcast? No. I don't know. What can you do? <laughs> I, I, the two, a lower low or last of the summer wine. A lower low. Yeah, yeah, it, no, yeah. I know it's the same joke every time, but it was the same it joke right, every yeah. episode. Bernie. Yeah. You know, Pete Coleman's mad, madly into a lower low. I don't know. It's he all right. He, he's mad, and this is a guy who's a proper linguist. He's a man who speaks like that. He just likes that. Just be pissing off the window. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, hello, yes, welcome to the show. Um, Carol, what are, we, what are we talking about today? We are doing... Are you doing? Cr- <laughs> we are doing... We, we are doing the great film at East Fenice Bueller's Day Off. Indeed we are. So let's have a little bit of housekeeping. Not much, not much today. Uh, no feedback, anything like that. No, no iTunes reviews. A bit slack, listeners. Yeah, yeah slack. come on, you utter bastards. i tell you what, Canada, you need to get your finger out. We've got one, one review in Canada, and that's from Joe Mastriani. He does the Upper Memory Block podcast, a very good podcast. He does one of old classic games on the computer. Ah, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, wow, yeah. Um, so I'll have to see Star Trek tonight. Are you, are you, are you, you're not overly excited, are you? Um, no. Well, the thing is, I am excited, and I will be excited when I get in there. It's just, it's just I refuse, <laughs> I refuse to go. I've learned valuable lessons over my 40 years, well, nearly 40 years. I've learned a valuable lesson when it comes to film, is don't get too excited. Exactly Look what I'm what about Paris. Don't yeah. build it up. Because we got that history of it falling down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the other towers falling down. Team America, right? Yeah, you know what? It's got, uh, you know, Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. 
that's a joke. Um, just in case people then say you got his name wrong. Yeah. You know, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Although I have read a little bit of the sport, so I know what his name is in it. But we won't say that. Um, I am looking forward to. You know, at the end of the day, I do like Star Trek. I think the Enterprise looks fab. JJ Abrams is is yeah, he's 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 and I know he's taking over Star Wars. And you know what? If it's going to go in anyone's hands, I think it's in the right yeah. hands. Mm. Um, but I'm not excited about Star Wars either. Nah, it's going to be you sort of know. You know tonight what the. F- there's not going to be that many twists and turns or completely shocks in that what you're going to watch tonight, is there? Not really, no. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's maybe like, that's a good thing. That, yeah, yeah, well, that's it. It's a stable pair of hands, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, sometimes it's nice to go into a film and you know you can just sit back and go, right, I've got two hours, 15 minutes now of turning my brain off entertainment. It's a bit like, I'm not, I'm not saying these are equivalent films, but it's a bit like, I don't really agree with people who moan about the Expendables films because it's like, I'm not being funny, but no. what do you expect? Well, the thing is, is that well, the, all the eighties action films were shit. shit yeah, they were good at the time. Yeah, I mean, I watched Commando. I've got oh, Commando. I really like I know, it. I've actually got it on DVD. It's a really, it's a good film, but it's good shit. All the <laughs> and it is so cheesy. But that's what you are. And, yeah. you know, and when you've got the Stallone and the Schwarzenegger, the Stavem and all them, and the Willis Bull, um, you kind of like you. I still think he should have that. I, I reckon he, if he grew his hair. We still have a bit of a classic Bruce Willis hairline. A bit of interesting. What is it? See. Yeah, again, we're going to say hair. People are going to notice you've got some kind of a hair fetish. <laughs> I am obsessed with hair. You are. I'm you should have hair. married a bloody bar- a hairdresser. Yeah. That would have been your perfect yeah, no. world. It's going to say a barber then, brother. <laughs> I'm slightly let down by you, though. You've let me down. I know, yeah, I was growing a beard. He was growing a beard on Monday and Tuesday. You can't be clean shaven. Because I felt really dirty. After one day. After one day. I'm, not, I'm not being funny. I've seen more, more yeah, stubble. No. You know, I'm, I'm, you know. I should have done it. I think by the point I said, I did it over the hottest weekend we've had this year. I think that wasn't the best time in the world. Maybe you should go this weekend because it's going to be shit. Well, I ain't taking my razor, so. And you're certainly not taking your raincoat. I ain't taking my raincoat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I am, I am quite looking forward to it. It's an electric in Birmingham, so you know, I'm guaranteed that I'm not going to get wankers texting. No one's, taking, large no one's taking the kids in And no one's taking the kids in there, which is a relief. Yeah. Uh, because cinema is, to me, dead because of children in there and this is coming from a, a person who is a father and look I don't mind if you know when I take Isla to the cinema I know she's going to be going to see kids films you know what I can deal with people talking because that's what it's all about yeah, yeah, yeah. when you go and see the Avengers man no, we don't no. want kids in there no, do we no, no. it was the same when I saw uh, Iron Man 3 last week really it's like people taking the kids in to see that it's mm. it's not that kind of film, is it? Like I said, Iron Man Three, I was surprised. Only action at the end, really. It's like quite a talky film, and they're just really bored. Shout yeah. the mouth up all the way through it. People texting, don't like that. I'll, yeah, I'll smash people's phones. If I like that. us on the face like yeah. that. It's like really what's so important. Yeah, what is that? It mainly it's Facebook, isn't yeah, it? I, I mean, I'm watching a film. Yeah, yeah. well, if, you, if you're going to do that, if you feel the need to do that, then do it before you go into cinema. I said to Stefan last night, I did a, a, a Shaun of the Dead podcast. Again, I <laughs> know, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was very late as well. Early for him, half five for him, half and half eight, nine o'clock for me. And I, I was saying to him that just talking about because uh, he he was interested in what the cult if that is like British culture in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Okay, maybe Shaun of the Dead ten years ago, but I said yeah because really we associate that film because I was a bit like Shaun. Yeah, yeah. You was yeah. a bit like Ed. You yeah. Know, relaxed yeah. on the sofa, I should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing from games. And he was like that, and it still is to this day. Okay, all right. I know that the the pub culture slowly died. One because of the. I mean, I don't smoke, but the smoking banning pub yeah, yeah. did affect it. Not so it much now. Sort of changed a bit. Not is it? increasing beer is, is of course. But the thing is, is that modern day zombies. Now you walk along any street, you look out of your window. I'm looking out the window now. I can see a kid over the road, 
And all people are doing are looking at the phone. Yeah, yeah. Walking along and looking at the phone. And you think, really? Look at the architecture. Look at the trees. Look at the sky. Look at the yeah. birds. Look at anything in front of you. Look at the car that you're going to walk into. Yeah. And all you get is people walking around, modern day zombies. Well, weirdly, the film that um, Warm Bodies, that you know about oh, yeah, the, the film, yeah, the book of that. that is about, that zombieism comes from technology, mm. that it's dumbed everyone down so much that they can't communicate anymore. Mm. And our intelligence comes from communication. So without communication, we, we retrograde and go back into our old oh. times. That's have, you, have you read that book? No, I watched the film. I'll lend you that book. I'd like to read it because I thought the film was okay. It was okay. Kudos, uh, kudos to Tim Craddock there, yeah. uh, who advised me to buy the book. Yeah, it? it was complete flop, the film was, because you're not going to get a romantic story in a zombie film. It's still a cult thing. Yeah. People have got about how big zombie stuff is. It's not still that No, big. not really. really. I mean, Waking Dead is popular, but you look at, you know, you look at the, the view figures of Walking Dead. It's not massive. It's not massive. No, it's but again, not massive. It's a HBO thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. You don't get to. Yeah. So, anyway, let's crack on with the, uh, with the show. And, Cal, what do we do? We play some kind of thing tune. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it.
There we go. Opening title music to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I was trying to... Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I was trying to think what, what... No, the funny thing is I actually have the... Like, uh, this was one of the facts, so I'll repeat it. Yeah. Now, but the, the, I have the soundtrack of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And you can't buy it anywhere. It's not available. John Hughes didn't want it released, but a what, fan, what is that? That's on YouTube uh, for John Hughes. Yeah, because he picked the music for it. We say it doesn't work as a soundtrack, which is irony. But uh, there is a fan. I think the Face Beauty Fan Club produced their own version of the soundtrack, and that's what I've got. It's a brilliant soundtrack. So anyway, you'll have heard something. Uh, I don't know what it is. Because um, we haven't edited it yet. Yeah, yeah. But there we go. So, uh, Favis Bueller's Day Off, directed by uh, Kel Jumpin, as usual. Um, directed, produced, and written by John Hughes. That's one way to get a paycheck, isn't it? Um, starring Matthew Broderick, or Broderick. 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 That's because I was thinking of Young Frankenstein. Coming <laughs> yeah. soon, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Um, starring Matthew Broderick, Mia Sala, Alan Rook, and of course the music was by Ivan Newborn. Uh, cinematography by Tak Fujimoto. It was released on the 11th of June 1986. Running time 103 minutes. A budget of 5.8 million. Gross budget at that point of 70.136 million. That is, that is huge. Now I think I saw this originally on TV. Yeah, but it's something I don't ever remember it coming out. Yeah. And I was interested in cinema at the time, 11 years, uh, 11 years, 12 years old. Um, I, I remember, but I don't remember this. No. This was like, I didn't watch until, like I said, into the video, the VHS thing, weren't it? I, mean, yeah. I think it was about, I think it was 17 or 18, but the first time I saw yeah, it, I yeah, like young. I think I saw it with you at yeah. your house. Yeah, that's what I think it might have been one of your dad's videos. Oh. It could have been. Not oh, one yeah. of those videos. No, no, no. I thought, what do you mean? <laughs> Not with those videos he'd be your page three. Yeah, yeah, there's something really weird if you're telling the story then about your mother, but his dad come home and bought your porn what would be his son and his best mate to watch in the living room. And some of them said, say, I'm getting trust with child Ryan. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. something going on uh, there. Yeah. And we wouldn't be friends. No, no. I think you'd be into the world of uh, Jimmy Tarbuck. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, let's not. He hasn't been charged, has he? I didn't he? say he was. No, well, but you read what, on Twitter, what, where did you? I'm Pop Bitch, what, what the, uh... <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't know, I didn't know. Sort of my, uh, strip, not my, uh, lap dance. Not my stuff. Don't. <laughs> this, you will get These are private stories, these are. <laughs> oh, really? Is that what he's been accused of? That? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's it now. So it's, a good job. <laughs> it's a good job this, video, this podcast ain't on video. Yeah. Oh, dearie. Oh, Tarby. Okay. <laughs> you better not be. Oh, that means you can't call Stu Tarby anymore. No, we, no. Best not. Oh, dear. No, no, no. So that's, that's the Tar book. Who else has been done now? Um, well, Stu or well, he, he deserved to be, he deserved to be good now. I'm still, I'm still hanging out for hope that I don't reckon Rob Harris because he's not been really mentioned about Rob. No, Harris. no, it's gone very quiet. No, I reckon he probably just uh, old uh, Max Clifford. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, and all, and all those people that use Max Clifford to hide their dirty philandering. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, yeah. Oh dear! If you're not too sure what's going on, uh, uh, Google Jimmy Tarbuck. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, and you'll see. So, um, <laughs> uh, here's the plot, Cal. Please jump in. Yeah. Uh, as the, that's probably not the best thing to say after what we've just. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me! And if if you want another joke, then type in uh, snooker fart uh, because that. Uh, oh, I showed this. It is an amazing thing, isn't it? <laughs> 
No, what makes it is John Virgo's commentary, isn't it? No, no, it's Dennis Tyler. Dennis Tyler's commentary is amazing, isn't it? Should we it? put that as a tweet at the end of the podcast? Yeah, yeah, okay, good. It's very, really like, this is low grade humour, but it made me laugh, and I thought it meant to the bridge, yeah, and he did. I do. It might be a fart machine, but my God, well timed. <laughs> it's just the way that someone tries to do it again, it doesn't work, and all you hear, you go, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. As the movie opens, high school senior Ferris Bueller, played by Matthew Broderick, decides to skip school on a nice spring day by faking an illness to his parents Lyman Ward and Cindy Pickett. He goes to his depressed best friend Cameron Fry, Alan Rock, to join him and despite Cameron's objections they take Mr Fry's prize 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California convertible in a ruse to get Ferris's girlfriend Sloan Peterson, played by Mia Farrah, out of class. Now, um, that's a... That's a it's, this is a, one of the first times I ever saw, apart from moonlighting, uh, breaking the fourth wall talking to camera. Yeah, no, it wasn't the first time I saw it, but this, because me, the first time I saw that was, um, what's that film with Dexter Fletcher? Is it? Go on, sorry. Oh, it's a really, uh, The Rachel Papers. Now, it's a film called The Rachel Papers, which was done about the same time. What are you laughing at now? De- you don't laugh at the word Dexter Fletcher. Games Master. Uh, Games Master. But he did a film where it was like it was about him having a love affair with this girl he chased forever. Then when he got her, he didn't like her. Mm. And he used to turn to the camera and go, thinking, and Agent Mole used to do it, didn't he? Agent Mole. You know what? I know this is a bad thing to say. I know our mate Anthony Jones will probably have a heart attack and, and wet his uh, storm troops over here. I was never a fan of Agent Mole. Yeah, no, I loved it. No, I, I know what you mean, though, because it... Well, I've watched it back since, and it was rubbish. Mm. It, it's like, bloody hell, that's dated. Nothing happens in it. Yeah. But um, that was the first time I saw someone talking up to the camera. Yeah, you see, mine was, mine was Moonlighting. Yeah, they did all that. Moonlighting was, was 85, wasn't it? 84, yeah, 84, 85, mm. 85, 86, and that. And I, I suppose, and chat shows don't count, when was the Gary Shandling show? Because that was him, wasn't it? Well, yeah. Well, um, was that 87, 88? Yeah, Larry Sanders was in the early 80s. And then Gary Shandling was after Larry Sanders, weren't he? Or was nah, it Larry Sanders were uh, 80s, 80s, was it? I get them one. Them two completely muddled up. You could tell, we, we could tell we're doing this off the top of our heads. No, because I was a lot more um, into Gary Shandling than Larry Sanders' show. Yes, I'm here. But I think he was sort of playing the same character, really, weren't he? Because... Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, Larry Sanders was was really after because I really like Gary Shandling's show, and I still have the theme tune at home. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I never really watched the Larry Sanders. No, no, I don't think it was on over here because that's it was on that American program, weren't it? I don't think it was on over here. No. Word of Ferris's supposed die illness spreads in probably through both the school and the city, and sympathy and donations for his care come in. Uh, Ferris's uh, sarcastic sister Jeannie, played by Jennifer Grey, who looks really gorgeous at this point before she messed around a bit yeah, yeah. Um, he's outraged by his ability to get away with the misbehaving now that's the key thing there isn't it it's not so much that um, he, he, everyone likes him it's the fact that he gets away with things and she doesn't yeah yeah so yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the key though isn't it um, now um, the school's dean of students Edward Rooney played by Jeffrey Jones oh Jeffrey um, who believes Ferris to be a truant Ferris Sloan and Cameron drive into downtown Chicago leaving the Ferrari with two garage attendants who promptly take it on a joyride behind their backs. Now, I have a bit of a love affair with Chicago because of my love of uh, the Blues Brothers, but um, my love of Chicago is the the grimy kind of Chicago that's featured in the Blues Brothers, like 1979, It's a rough place. It's the same as my love affair with Moonlight, uh, moon, like, with um, 
with uh, New York. Yeah, yeah, it's the eighties. The it's taxi driver in New York, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the taxi driver. Well, no, no, is not, not nice. Is it? Lower East Side. Yeah, yeah. The have, you been, have you been to Chicago? Like no. no. Funny no. enough. Funny enough. I'm going. I think that's where I'm going for my fortieth. Ah. We were looking last night because I was going to be in New York, but I've always wanted to go on a Prohibition tour in Chicago, and then we go to our ticket Chicago instead. Yeah, so you're going to go to House of Blues as well, right? Yes, I'm going to go to the House of Blues. Wacker, you don't even like the blues. <laughs> no, the thing is, Iggy Pop used to drum in a band know, know, before yeah. that. No, I do like, I like electric blues. So, That's so actually quite blues. hard. I didn't mean that as being a harsh cause. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, so that is my, uh, have we got any listeners in there, Chicago? You know, yes, we do. I think, I think I do know someone who lives in Chicago. Yeah, why do you want to get in touch with them? No, no, I was going to, uh, when I get nearer to the time, I want to put a bit. Hints and tips. Yeah, yeah, good bars to go to and that. Okay, cool. Yeah, so if we do have any listeners in Chicago, then please do uh, write to Waffle on, on, yeah. Waffle on the Facebook page yep. and uh, and uh, give some tips. I bet they do good food in Chicago. I bet they do great steaks. Don't yeah, know well, why. Yeah, I think and well, fried chicken. It's, yeah, it's all meat. It's got a meaty. You're not going to have much no, fun there, no, 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 are you going to make I'm supposed to have a really good Chinatown. Corn dogs. Oh, yeah, I don't do love a corn dog. Can't get Twinkies anymore, can you? No, they've uh, um, they stopped them because even now too many additives for Americans. That is saying something. Can't even their food is just full of I know, yeah. additives. I, do, I didn't like it. Don't like it. Really. No, you didn't like it. it, just, it, it oh, I ate one. It hurt my teeth. It did hurt. No, that's you know when you when you eat something too sweet, your teeth hurt. It's like oh my god. Now the three friends experienced a charmed, carefree day in the city, including lunch at a fancy restaurant a Cubs game at Wrigley Field, and visit to the Sears Tower, the Art Institute of Chicago, and the Chicago uh, Mercantile Exchange. Now, Ferris crushes the annual Von Steuben... The Von Steuben Day? Sorry. Lip-syncing on a float as the crowd, the crowd joins in singing and dancing. You're not a great fan of that bit of the film, it, you? you? know, it's the only bit of the film I don't like because I don't understand it. Mm. I do not understand because when I first saw it as a kid, I thought he was singing. Yeah, yeah. And it's a musical bit. Don't always like musical bits in films, but yeah, it makes sense. But then you find out, no, he's actually lip syncing. Mm. That would not. I know it's this film is a complete fantasy film, oh, of course, yeah. but I still don't get that bit. The way everyone's looking up at him and he's lip syncing. Yeah. Everyone else is lip syncing as well. And also, like when he does twist and shout, he's lip syncing to John Lennon. The music in the background is the Beatles. But the ba- brass band that's walking with them is playing the horn bits that you hear. Yeah, that's so, it. That bit's uh, really weird. I don't know, you know. I don't think it works. It's the, I know it's some people look like my wife loves that bit. Mm. I, yeah, on its own, it ain't a bad bit. But to me, it's like it took the film into fan. I don't mind that, but it's the one bit when I watch it. I watched it very recently, mm. and it's like, oh, it's not the one bit. Oh, I'll just speed through that bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. And don't you think, though, this is the difference, right? Now, how old are they meant to be in this? 17, 18? Yeah, it's High school, yeah. now. Well, where's the waggit, right? Which is playing truants for our American friends. That when we used to play truant from school, mm. what we used to do, you get a horror video, buy a loaf of bread, and eat bread and butter sandwiches. <laughs> well, we There's did... a difference in Britain, isn't it? When, when, <laughs> did our teachers come looking for us? They no. did not give a shit. No. Did they? No, they didn't. Yeah, come in, in fact, it, it was a relief for them. <laughs> 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 but that is a difference. Uh, which, yeah, is, oh, which is the reason why we ended up doing what we did. 
<laughs> do you remember you did that in college as well? Yeah, I guess so, yeah, yeah. Well, I did that. I just and to be fair, you would have done that in university. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I actually quite like the restaurant bit as well, where that snooty. Yeah, that's side don't make me get snooty here with you. That, that's that's a good bit. Okay. Now, um, old Rooney, Mister Rooney, goes off campus to try and find Ferris. He goes to the Bueller's home where he's briefly fooled by Ferris's uh, voice greeting him through the intercom, but quickly figures out that it's a recording rigged to the doorbell. In his efforts to gain entry to the house, he is chased by the family's dog, and his clothes are ruined. Genie, now there is a bit of that because he says, "Now, I, I was watching this, and I don't, I never noticed it before, and." When he bends over, he's ripped his pants. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So you see his ball back. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. <laughs> you can't see that. Yeah, well, he's just, no, he's got pants on. Oh. Right? But no, he's not, his balls aren't hanging out. I was going to say, what film? You've been watching an explanatory version. It's, it's that one in your dad's thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, so, yeah. But you, you, you know, when you watch it, you think, oh, me, did I just see that? Or was that an accident? You know, you think of sometimes, you know, you, you know, you, you wear mate to measure clothes and yeah. some of them and yeah, yeah when he's bending over to get through the cat the dog flat the cat flat you look and you watch he's got this big triangle of white there and you can't look and Jeffrey Jones in it so you think mm. yeah <laughs> yeah no yeah puts that a different connotation but don't you think though but don't you think though that yeah like I think that Rooney's a lot like Principal Skinner in The Simpsons absolutely because I still, I, I, you're not so much The Simpsons anymore, are you? Because you ain't watched any new ones. Well, but it's because I don't have Sky, so I, I watch catch it, up on me, me, me and my wife, every day, uh, um, half seven, watch a new Simpsons every day, and they're still brilliant. And people go in the rubbish. Oh, Family Guy is so much better. Bollocks. I'll argue with anyone that Family Guy is better than The Simpsons. No, the no Simpsons. chance. Yeah. No, none of them are. The Simpsons have been going for, what, 20 odd years, and it's still funny. I don't see Family Guy in 20 years if it'll still be going. It won't be going. Nah, I mean, it'll be been... like King of the Hill or all these other ones yeah, that have come and gone. Uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Beavers and Butthead. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I, li- I, I quite like a Family Guy, but I like it because of Stuart. Stuart? Yeah, take Stuart out of that. Yeah, take Stuart. Nah, I wouldn't. American no, Dad? I... Do you like American Dad? No, don't get it. Or the other one is the, the other spin-off yeah, show. Oh, the, the, guy, the, the, the black guy. Yeah, yeah. Now, the thing is, though, is that if it's on... Then I'll put it on, but I'll quickly get bored of Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. The Simpsons, even when it's an old episode, yeah, even series one, which really do look dated. Yeah, yeah. I can still. But the drawings sit there. a bit weird on the Yeah, now. I'll still sit there and watch yeah. it, and I still find. It and you remember now? Do you think? Because I, I haven't looked. This isn't in our notes, but um, Futurama, which has been cancelled again. I, I watch it every Friday. It's my best sci-fi on TV. Now, Cameron's name is Cameron Fry. Do you think there's a bit of a oh, nod there? Do you think that's a good thing actually? Do you think there's a, that's a bit of a nut? Matt Groening did a, a yeah, it could there? well be because there's a lot. There's a lot of it. You you think of the relationship between Skinner and Bar. It's mm. not far off Rooney and Finger. Yeah, it's could not be, far it? off it. So I think that you know, that's a good point. Actually, was he, he might have been in for something because now Simpsons came out in '88, was yeah. It? And you yeah. think of that episode where Bar, when he's chasing Bar for ages. Yeah, you know that one when he witnesses. Oh, that, yeah. It's a really hard one, but. He's chasing him for ages, and I always think, well, that's just like Ferris Beard's day off, that is. <laughs> I was thinking that one where that, that balloon of skinny goes off in the air. That, oh! yeah. I really like that one. Yeah, that's a really good one. That <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, now, uh, oh, yeah, wait, wait. Uh, Jeannie returns home with the same intention, and they surprise each other inside. She mistakes him for an intruder and calls the police, but he leaves to chase down his car, which is being towed for towed. Uh, from the parking lot. Now, the police take Jeannie to the police station for filling a false report where she talks to drug addict Charlie Sheen. 
Um, it looks looks about look, looks like. Is that this? Is Have you got a fact about him? Because if not, I have. I do have that fact. Well, you can uh, say it now if you want. He stayed didn't stay up for three days. For that. Yeah, yeah. Too, too but long. did he stay up? <laughs> or, or was, was he, he up? Helped? Or was he up and <laughs> just couldn't get to sleep? I think that's more likely. Isn't I think it? more likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you see, because he can do good, good kind of like. Yeah, good look. Went to me. As I'm Charlie Sheen. Emilio Estevez yeah. is smoking the dope, jumping out the room, dancing in Breakfast Club. Yeah. Great shit. Yeah. We're true. never, no. ever. No, we're not doing the Breakfast Club. Doing the Breakfast Club. It's such an overrated film. I don't like none of them ones like St. Elmo's Fire. No. Don't mind Rumblefish. There's loads of them around that time, but I don't mind Young Guns. Mm. One. One. I don't like them. Yeah, Young Guns, all right. But I don't yeah. like, no, I can't stand that big breakfast. It's, it's, Would you put, like, Stand By Me in that bracket of films? I don't know, because to me, that's a dark, I like Stand By Me. It's a very dark film, that is, isn't it? Well, it's all about a murder, isn't it? It's one of the films, you, you know, you think, oh, it's a bit about the big, telling the story about the being sick. But it's a really dark story, because like, River Phoenix is character that he's being abused by his dad, isn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah, yeah. And it's a lack of trust of adults in that film. That's what it's all about, because we've got, like, um, Kevin Bacon and that. Mm. Who were like bullying him as well, aren't they? Yeah, Keeper Sutherland. Oh, really? Keeper Sutherland, that's it. Mm. I, uh, I haven't seen that film for ages, but it's a great film. But it's a lot darker film than you yeah, think. Yeah, the funny thing is, what well, you know, it was on uh, More Four the other day, and I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to watch. You know what I watched last night? What? Actually, I'll come to it in a minute. Um, and I couldn't watch it. And I don't know whether it's because I understand, like, when I was young when I watched it, yeah, I didn't really quite get the fact that the darkness and the fact, as you say, it's about abuse. We lost the sick bit. And not on the train and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Will Wheaton before you turn yeah, into Wesley Bush. The leech on the car. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 but that's uh, and, and, you know, it's about friends going on a big yeah, journey, yeah. although it's like, I didn't really quite associate with the darkness and the abuse kind of point. But as I got older, and obviously now I'm a father kind of stuff, I do struggle to watch anything where there's, you know, kids are being hurt for, for obvious reasons, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, as much as you don't want to. So I don't, but, um, I have never... I've only watched this film once, right? Home Alone. I've only ever seen Home Alone oh, once. It's my right? favourite Christmas film, And man. it was on last night. It's amazing. I loved it. Mate, but it's you know, an amazing thing, film. Think, yeah, but you, this is like, like I, I said to you, uh, because I've only ever seen it once, and that was when it first came out, because I've never never really got around to seeing it, it was like seeing it all over again, and it was such a glee yeah, to see. And it's a really violent film as well. Yeah, you forget you the violence at the also. end, the traps at the end. Mm. Our killers, yeah. really painful. And I the love thing, that the film. thing as well. Is that because you feel how how he's left out? He is at the beginning. How it's, it's, a, it's another thing of abuse to some degree. He's being bullied by the. But that, if no one pays attention to him, yeah. that's what the beginning's all about. Everyone's all this, and you leave your own son there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, there's a lot of there's a there's a thesis about this I read about in my film study course that it's all it was all about anti consumerism. Mm. That all they care about in that film is it, it, everything. Yeah. It's presents. Got to be here. Let's get the tattle. Everything's going on, but the people forget. Mm. And he's left on his own. I don't really like the others, but that first Home Alone is an amazing film. It's like. It sort of even goes into like itchy and scratchy world at the end where it's mm. such, you know, kinetic violence in it. Yeah. And they never get hurt. It's like one of the isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they would never... They would get really well, hurt. There's some really be, bad pain yeah, in that. You could that. never survive a painting being thrown yeah, yeah. and smacking you in the jaw. Maybe you slip on the ice. That's oh, really painful, oh, that is. Yeah, because that, you've seen that all oh. It's an amazing film with wet, wet bandits in it. <laughs> wet bandits. Now, Charlie Sheen's character uh, tells her that she needs to start worrying so much about Ferris and more about herself, and Jeannie becomes increasingly annoyed with the addict, but he's found kissing him when her mother arrives to pick her up. That's fair enough. Yeah, That's yeah. the 80s film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, Ferris and his friends retrieve the Ferrari, but discover on the way home that over 100 miles have been added to the uh, 
the speedometer, not the speedometer, the yard. Camden feeling his father's reaction freaks out and appears to be uh, go catonic, but eventually responds, confessing that he'd been faking it while contemplating how he was allowed, uh, how allowed his fear of his father to dominate his life. Back at Camden's house, they jack up the rear wheels of the car and run the engine in reverse. I don't know why they thought that would work. Yeah, it's a strange. <laughs> This, this is it. It's a very strange film because it's not really based in reality in any, any time in this film, is it? No. It's sort of always a, a you know a fantasy, isn't it? I suppose if you if you're young, I suppose maybe they're just trying to. Yeah, but they're not young, that young. No, no, they've got a car. Yeah. They all can drive. So they understand yeah. how a car works. It's not as if we were twelve and you wouldn't you would do that. Yeah. But they're no cars. Reversing the car, thinking it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Old Cameron has a bit of a mad one and starts to kick the hell out of the car and he drops off the jack and straight through the back window, crashing. Um, Ferris offers to take the blame, but Cameron insists he'll take care of himself, of himself. So Ferris walks Sloane home and they begin to reflect on a day when Ferris realises he has five minutes to get home before his parents discover he's missing. As he runs home, he has close calls being spotted by each of his parents and Jeannie driving her mother home. And they both race to get back. He's caught at the back door by Mr Rooney, Rooney. who tells... Really? Mm. Who tells Ferris to expect another year of high school under his closest personal supervision. However, Jeannie has found Rooney's wallet on the kitchen floor and figured out that he was the intruder. With a change of heart, she uses his not this knowledge to tactfully blackmail him into mm. letting the matter drop and leaves him to be attacked by the dog. This gives Ferris just enough time to get back into bed before his parents check on him, leaving them convinced of his good nature. During the closing credits, Rooney hobbles down the street and is picked up by the school bus for the students, and at the end of the credits, Ferris emerges from the bathroom and tells the audience to go home. There's a lovely bit at the end of that film where Rooney's sitting on that bus, and that girl sitting next to him office in the gummy band, yeah. and she goes, uh, It's been in my pocket all day, it's real warm. And he just looks up and he says, Rooney sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it's not your thing, because if you, if you, you haven't saw this film, I'm sure most people that listen to this podcast have saw this film because they're yeah. all about ilk. They think, they don't say much to that, does it? No, it doesn't. But do it, it's though. the amazing characters, and even the small characters. Anybody, anybody, yeah. Bueller, Bueller. It's even that, even little characters like, isn't it, for a minute? Mm. And everyone knows that character, yeah. and everyone like the, the, you know, even like the... Rooney's Rooney's receptionist. Ca- the yeah. Even like Rooney, really. Yeah. He ain't in it loads, no, is it, every now and again? Rooney's receptionist, who I will talk about a little bit later on. I mean, she was in uh, Planet Trains and Ormond. We talked about that, yeah, And yeah. she was, you know, I mean, she's only had a small bit, but you will always remember. Yeah, and I think that's what's so good about them films. I think it was the characters. Well, it's John Hughes, isn't it? He? he knows how to use his acting. And what, what he's really good to do in his well, he's an aspirational comedy. And I think that's why, I think we talk about this with the, uh, I'm not going to have it like I'm going to get like with the plane trains, but mm. he's like, he's like, when I was sitting in my little room in, in Kitts Green in Buddy Birmingham, which is a rough area, that's all I wanted to be. Yeah. I want to go to America. I want Ferris Bueller's life. Well. I didn't realise that no one did like that. It was all John Hughes fantasy, but it was amazing, wasn't it? Home Alone's enough one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah Look yeah. the house he's got in that. Yeah. John yeah, Hughes, absolutely huge, John Hughes, he just, that's what his thing was, wasn't it? It was perfection. Yeah, this was the 80s though, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, you look at that, the house that's in Home Alone, you look at the house at the end of uh, Planet Trains and Automobiles when, um, you know, Steve Martin's character oh, yeah, is home. That. When you see the house in Uncle Buck, that's a John Hughes from, isn't it? Yeah. Uncle Buck. Is you that, can tell and me. all these big, you know, veranda built, I mean, and it is that kind of like what, you know, the, the white picket, of the American dream. White picket fence, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's what John Hughes, and I think that's why he's 
kind of filmmaking went out of fashion that he still tried to do that mm. into the 90s. People didn't want that in the 90s. People wanted the real America in the 90s. They wanted Quentin Tarantino, didn't they? Mm. He shows you, and, you know, and Scorsese, they wanted that. Show us what real America's like. Mm. And that's where it changed all then, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, which is a shame, really. It is. It? I, I think there's still a place for him. You know, uh, but could the, uh, the thing is, could Johnny Hughes make a big comedy like that? He wouldn't be able to do it anymore because one, it's not crude enough. Two, he's dead. And he's two, he's dead. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, but that kind of, yeah, I'll see that it, kind yeah. of film could, you know, because people don't want that. They go, it's a bit nice, isn't it? Mm. And people don't like nice, do they? Not anymore. Which not I, not I, me. I, I don't really Because like I do like nice. I, it's going to be a time and a place for you. I love Johnny Hughes films, but could it, you know, he, he wouldn't be able to do that because one, he'd be too, people go, that's too tame. Mm. And adults wouldn't go and see it. An adult on his own would not go and see a U or a PG-13 in America. They would, wouldn't do it, would they? Because like, I'm not going to say, I want to see an adult's film. Yeah, no, unless you're sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, we could get in trouble for that. Sorry. Uh, so, the actors, let's have a chat about the actors. Now, Matthew Broderick, who uh, reminds me of uh, David Mitchell these days, because he's got, he's got sort of the same yeah, name, yeah, 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 slightly yeah. floppy. Uh, born uh, March the 21st, 1962. I know, he's like, he looks amazing for his eyes. Uh, yeah. uh, obviously, uh, actor. Been going since 1979. Married to Sarah Jessica Parker. They've been married since 1997. Which for Hollywood is a bloody yeah, garden yeah. dream, yeah. These are just a little bit... I picked out the film. He's done loads of films, but these are the ones that stick out in my mind. Uh, War Games. Um, Biloxi Blues. It's a great film. Uh, which, of course, he actually starred with Alan Rook on... Um, on the stage play, that's how they knew each other. That's nice. why they had such a good chemistry. Really good film. Alan Rook wasn't in the film, though. Uh-huh. Uh, family Business. Which I'm sure that was the one with Sean Canary and uh, Dustin Hoffman. I saw it at the cinema. Did you see that? Is it, or is it the one with Marlon Brando in it? No. Do you know what he plays like? Oh, I don't know. Oh, it could be, actually. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I think that might have been Brando. Anyway. He was uh, did the voice in Lion King. He was in Cable Guy. Oh, I like that really film. Really good character. Oh, he, one of Jim Carrey's great films, but mm. there's nothing with that part because he's a, not he's a nice character in that at all, is he? Uh, Godzilla and, of course, Inspector Gadget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Alan Rook. Uh, born, uh, he was born uh, literally six years earlier than Broderick, uh, July the 1st, what? 1956. So they weren't young when they were doing that then? No, 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 at all. Uh, he's been uh, an actor since 83. Uh, married to Claudia Stefani. Claudia Stefani. Uh, 1986 to 2005 and Miri Alice in 2008 to present. Now, he's been in such things as Bloodhounds of Broadway, Young Guns 2, Star Trek Generations, of course. Yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And he was in Fringe. I know, he was in Fringe. Mm-hmm. And he was also in a brilliant series I liked last year, and he was fans out of there called Persons Unknown, which is like this American weird sci fi series that got cancelled, like everything does these days. Uh, Mia Sara, uh, born June the 19th, 1967. Uh, been going since 85. She was married to Jason Connery from 1996 to yeah, what's, what's he doing these days? I don't know. Probably doing Still dressing up as Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, now married to Brian Henson. Oh. Yeah. Right. Uh, she'd been in films such as Legend. Uh, that's a cruise film. Um, I do think Mia Sarr is good. Yeah. A Time Cop. That's uh, a, I like that film with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. I like that film. Uh, Bully to Beijing, which is where she met Jason Connery. And uh, recently, Witches of Oz. Oh, that's that one that's out. I've got no interest in seeing that, have you? No, not really, no. Uh, Jennifer Grey, uh, born March the 26th, uh, 1960. Um, of course, she's most well known for being in Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Really. Now, um, in uh, on August 5th, 1987, uh, Jennifer Grey suffered severe whiplash 
in a car accident in Enniskillen in Northern Ireland wow. uh, while vacating with Matthew Broderick, who she began dating uh, during Ferris Bueller's Day Off, wow. uh, in secret, actually. Um, the accident, which was the event uh, um, which made their relationship public, occurred when a rented BMW Broderick was driving, crossed into the wrong lane and slammed head-on into a Volvo driven by a local mother and daughter. And a Gallagher 28 and Marguerite Doherty, 63, were killed instantly. Bloody hell! Um, in the accident, uh, I think Margaret Doherty was killed instantly. Uh, Broderick was like a convicted of careless driving. I didn't know that. And fined just $175. Dirty Dancing was released a few weeks after the accident, catapulting Grey to fame, but she said that her grief and survivor's guilt over the crash prevented her from enjoying the film's success and led her to withdraw. I'm acting. I was going to say, yeah, because that's that's, yeah. A, that's quite a dark little fan <clears throat> thing. I know, really. yeah, now apparently the uh, relative, I think the brother um, had forgiven Broderick and uh, offered to meet up with him recently to, you know, clear the air kind yeah, of yeah. thing. And Broderick said he would, but uh, that was six years ago, and they still haven't. So mm. there's a bit of guilt there, isn't there? I think definitely. So uh, Jennifer Grey was also in Bloodhounds of, of uh, Broadway. Now uh, Richard Edson, who plays the garage attendant. Right, when it looks like a gangster, he still looks like a gangster. I thought I'd put this in here because I thought you might like this. You being your music, uh, music yeah. guy from 1981 to 1982, he was Sonic Youth's original drummer and uh, played was it? yeah, no, and played drums for Conk at the same time. After the release of Sonic Youth's self-titled debut album, Edson, uh, Edson left the band to play with Conk full time. Oh. Uh, Edson also played horns with the San Francisco band The Offs on the group eponymous 1984. That's, that's, that is an interesting fact. Jeffrey Jones. No. We've we've talked about this, haven't we? Yeah. Now, we've got to talk about something because... Oh, I'm going to bring you up. You've got to because this is fact, isn't it? Yeah, it's fact. <laughs> no, it's a, I know, it's a, it's I know, a shame, it's a shame it? because I like, quite like Jeffrey Jones. No, you, no, you can't. No, no, no. No, because uh, he's great in Beetlejuice, but um, and he's great in Amadeus as well. No. Anyway, Jeffrey Jones, born September 28, 1946. Uh, he's been going since 1970, and uh, he's uh, got a couple of kids anyway. Uh, you know, in 2002, uh, Jones was arrested for soliciting a 14-year-old boy to pose for sexually explicit photographs and possession of child pornography. The misdemeanor possession charge was dropped after Jones pleaded no low contained rate to introduce, in, inducing a minor to pose for sexually explicit photographs. He was sentenced to five years probation, ordered to undergo counselling, and required to register as a sex offender for life. Now, in 2004 and 2010, Jones was arrested for failing to update his sex offender registration. I suppose you could class that as being forgetful, but really. The 2004 allegation of failing to update was dismissed by Florida prosecutors after an investigation. And on September 2010, Jones was sentenced for the 2010 failure to update the violation to three years probation and 250 hours community service. Mm. So, you know, and he's looking so really, Well, it's always disappointing, isn't it? It's like, why, for God's sake? You know? Yeah, you'd think, being a star as well, for God's you're going to get caught. Well, as you say, though, sometimes people do things because they want to get caught. No, that's what it is. I think it, it's like affairs and stuff like that, isn't it? Leave things around because deep yeah. down, they've got guilt over these things, haven't they? And fucking rightly so. Yeah, and right so. Like I said, we didn't want to, you know, you've got, you've got to make it. Like I said, obviously, everyone knows that. And it know? does ruin the film. It does make you think of him different. It it's does. like. First series of the thick of it. it. He's amazing in it, yeah. but all you think in that film is, I, I shouldn't be laughing at you. Yeah, you and you, he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, you do. I mean, what's his name now? Um, so that's Chris, it. Uh, that's it. That's it. Even for his bloody. Just like 
And he does it, really, does really. He does. It's like Pee Wee Herman films. Isn't oh, it? I didn't like. Pee-wee I love Pee Wee Peter, but I can't watch that now. Not me what he was doing. Even though was what? it as bad? Well, that was just public indecency. Wasn't was public it? Ind- yeah, I mean, you shouldn't do. <laughs> he was in a porn scene and he was whacking off. Yeah. So you know, it isn't as bad as it isn't as bad. bad it's not good. But, but you think you think about it, you, you think you know what? I'm, I'm a bit. Well, you shouldn't do it anyway. But even if you're in the public eye, you think. Someone's going to be thinking, hey, is that Paul Rubin? Is that that bloke Paul Rubin? It is, isn't he? Should oh, I go and ask him for his autograph? Not with that pen he's holding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, now, Ben Stein. Yeah. Who's Ben Stein? Yeah, who, who um, is Ben Stein? Yeah, now, um, who is Ben Stein? Oh, sorry, Ben Stein. He's the chap who, um, Bueller. That's Bueller. The, yeah, but see, you can hear me. I know. Now, um, he, born uh, Benjamin Jeremy Stein, born 25th of November 1944, um, he is uh, Alpha Mater uh, Yale Law student. Bloody hell. Uh, he's uh, occupation is actor, writer, comedian, lawyer, teacher, and humorist. He is actually an economics teacher in real life. Now that is And that's why when he's doing the lesson, he's brilliant. He's doing it and he's making, you know, you know, he says, uh, yeah. and so and so percentage yeah. is, is, is 65, comes away. That's actually, he made that up on the spot. That's oh, true. Imagine he goes, on the spot. when he's doing that, he's answering, he's answering the questions, you know. Yeah. There's no one else, he's answering. Like. <laughs> so, here we go, facts here. Oh, here we go, then. Okay, on. do you want some facts? Go on, then. Cameron's father's 1961 Ferrari GT250 was a modified MG sports car, as it was too expensive to rent one, obviously. They made three fake ones, each with fiberglass bodies. The producers received several angry letters from car enthusiasts who believed the car shown was a real Ferrari, and it was actually wrecked in the film. God's sake. I know. But it's a good idea, isn't it? I mean, what would you write in? <laughs> you know. Some people. Uh, Grace, the secretary, pretending to be Ed Rooney during a phone call from Cameron, was improvised. Yeah. Uh, when the Ferrari crashed, crashed uh, the fiberglass uh, hood ripped, but the branches were put over the top to make sure the camera didn't record it. Yeah. Oh. Now, um, a number of key moments in the movie were created in the editing room. Genie kicking Rooney three times in the face. It was actually only one kick filmed. But they didn't know the movie Star Wars. Yeah. Really that, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, so they repeated going, whap, whap, whap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which was well. Ferris and Sloan's kiss in front of Rooney was originally just a brief kiss, but was later edited into the long kiss scene on the film. Yeah. Uh. Um, to produce, oh, you've said about the Charlie, uh, yeah, Charlie yeah. Sheen thing. Um, the car park parked to the left of the Ferrari in the garage was also an MG, in this case an MG J2. I didn't even know that. That's a, that's a rubbish fact. Yeah. Um, Cindy Pickett and Lehman Ward, who played Ferris's parents, married in real life after filming the movie. Bloody hell, that's a bit nonsense. That, that is a nice fact. Uh, the bit in the, in the taxi when Mia Sara starts giggling uh, is actually because Matthew Broderick is tickling her feet in real life. Oh, bloody yeah. hell. Uh, this is a, a one that you're never going to pick up unless someone tells you. Now, the, most of the license plates of all abbreviations of titles of John Hughes films. Bloody hell, I like living okay. things like that. Uh, Katie's car, VCTN, is. National Van uh, Lampoon's Vacation. Genie's TBC is The Breakfast Club. Tom's MMOM is Mr. Mom. I don't know Mr. Mom. Don't you know Mr. Mom? I don't know Mr. Mom. Michael Keaton? Oh, I don't know that one. Uh, Rooney's Rooney is 4FBDO, which of course is Ferries. Beautiful. Oh, the exception, of course, is Cameras Ferrari, and the license plate for that is NRVOUS. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall turned down the role of Cameron. Emilio Estevez turned down the role of Cameron. Rob Lowe, John Cusack, Jim Carrey, Johnny Depp, Tom Cruise, 
Robert Downey Jr. and Michael J. Fox were all considered for the role of Ferris Bueller. I can imagine Michael J. Fox. Yeah, definitely. Um, Alan Rook was 29 years old when he played the role of Cameron. Roderick was 23 and Mia Sara 19. 29? He looks really young. I know, yeah. Now, whenever Mr. Rooney and Ferris have a conversation with each other in the film, only one of them actually speaks throughout the entire conversation. Now you say, I'm going to have to watch that now to see if that... Really, how? Um, I say about Ben Stein had a degree in economics. Uh, after the girl in the arcade spits her soda on Ed Rooney, a video game sound effect is heard in the background. Appropriately enough, it's the sound effect that denotes when a player has lost a life in the game of Pac-Man. Ah. Um, the horse scenes, which you see Jeannie walking down the hall and the kid collecting money to save Ferris, are the same horse from The Breakfast Club. Yeah. Eric Stoltz auditioned for the role of Ferris. Eric Stoltz. I like Eric Stoltz. Ah. That would have been shortly after he... When was uh, 85 with Back to the Future, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So he'd lost the role of Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Because well. uh, Eric Stoltz is in... Um, what, Mask was his one, weren't it? Mask. Uh, yeah, it was Mask, yeah. yeah. During one. the parade, several of the people being, uh, being seen dancing, including the construction worker and the window washer, originally had nothing to do with the film. They were simply dancing to the music being played, and John Hughes found it so humorous that he told the camera operators to record it. Now, there's a difference between America and Britain. Yeah. A builder would not be dancing to music. <laughs> no, our builder They'd be, be sitting down sitting on down, the fat arse, smoking. Yeah, slamming a fag. <laughs> uh, John Hughes wrote the script in six days. Six days. Bloody did it. Um, John Hughes refused to release the soundtrack album. He felt the mix of songs was too uneven and didn't flow together. Mm. I, I, don't, I, can't, I can't think of the music in the film. Put that. <laughs> that's it, yeah, that's uh, yellow. That's in every particular uh, film. The short scene with the coughing keyboard was improvised by Broderick. Oh. Yeah. Um, Charlie Sheen was recommended by Jennifer Grey after they did Red Dawn together. There's a big list of names coming here. Ready? Oh. Linda Blair, Goldie Horn, Ellen Barkin, Kim Basinger, Jamie Lee Curtis, Gina Davis, Robin Duke, Carrie Fisher, Melanie Griffiths, Mary Gross, Linda Hamilton, Davil Hannay, Barbara Hershey, Holly Hunter, Angelica Houston, Jessica Lang, Kelly LeBock, Kay Lentz, Julia Louise Dreyfus, Catherine O'Hara, Madonna, Kelly McGillis, Michelle Pfeiffer, Sybil Shepherd, Meg Tilly, Sigourney Weaver, Jodie Foster, Sharon Stone, and Deborah Winger were all considered for the role of Jeannie Bueller. Okay, <sighs> now. You can't think of so many people. I wonder why. John Candy auditioned for the role of Cameron Fry, but producers turned him down because he was too old and possibly also too fat to get in the Ferrari. Because they weren't young men, was they? Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, where we go? Uh, Tom Skerritt was considered for the role of Rooney. I like Tom Skerritt. Alien, alien. Uh, despite the movie being set during the spring, the movie was shot during the fall, hence the reason why the trees are changing colour. Uh, Mia Sowa beat Marley Ringwald to play the role of Sloane Peterson. Uh, the entire movie takes place in one day with no flashbacks and most of the characters wear the same clothes throughout the whole movie. That's a good point, actually. You don't think about that. It's one day, isn't it? Yep. Um, what else can we say here? Yeah, I'm just worried about this. Uh, oh, the voice of Alan Rook was used to imitate Sloane's father and the phone is an impression of a director that he had worked uh, on stage with. Oh, yeah, because he's got that really good voice, you know? he got a really good voice, isn't that? Rooney's line, which is actually fantastic... Uh, and I think the line is, um, I didn't get where I am today without having some punk leave my cheese in the wind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. Either. It was actually ad-libbed uh, by uh, Jeffrey Jones. Oh, yeah. oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel that we can um, yeah, credit him, really. No, no. Uh, yeah, so uh, apparently uh, Paul McCartney weren't too happy with the, uh, the use of Twist and Shape. He didn't mind it being used because he liked the film, but he didn't like the horns being played on it. 
It's also got one of the greatest uh, in the world, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But you can't. This, this is one of the great bits in it. Giving the finger. But you can't really. You can't really put that on the radio. Uh, last one here. After working together on Weird Science, John Hughes offered Bill Paxton the role of the garage attendant, but Paxton turned it down because he felt the role was too small. He admits that he regrets turning it down because Hughes never offered him a role. Bloody hell, yeah, that, yeah. So, uh, that's it. That's all the, the, the jazz, the stuff. Um, final thoughts on the film, Carl? No, like I said, it's a really... I'll tell you why it's a good film, because my mum put it on for uh, my nieces, mm. who were like uh, nine, no, 11, 13, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Because I think that's it. It's about not wanting to go to school, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, normal people don't want to go to school. These weird people that don't go to school are just weird, didn't they? Yeah, they are. I know we in weird like as before is where we are now, and then people uh, booking got hundred two hundred grand a year. Yeah, but no, no, it doesn't, you know, I just think it's such a film of its time. But I think it's dated the best, apart no. from the middle bit that I don't like. It's not dated, has it? No, it, it's not a dated film in any way. You know, it's a long time ago that film, isn't it? It's like twenty bloody five years ago. Oh yeah, it's a really long time. And you can get some good DVDs. There, there was is it a Blu-ray? That yeah, the, I mean, I've got the Bueller Bueller edition. And but the original edition I had the John Hughes commentary on, but every subsequent ones have better extras, but no Hughes commentary on it. Oh, that'd be interesting. So it's uh, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of an awkward thing to do. So um, what are we going to do next? Any idea? Any any kind of thoughts? Anyone? Bueller? Anybody? No, we did talk about that. Uh, let's not make a spontaneous on the spot. We'll think about it. Are you, are you saying that when you come back from uh, Gay Paris? Yeah. When you are you uh, Emma? Have. Live on the show. Are you taking him to Moulin Rouge? No. <laughs> go on. No way. I want to see him sing like you and we go get... No, uh, no we'll have a film of this because we... You are, aren't you? You're going to get to Moulin Rouge. <laughs> no, I'm going to Moulin Rouge, yeah. I was trying to think, well, we've been talking about this a bit lately, what we want to do and um, we don't want to do a film, do we? No, we don't want to do a film. Let's put it out to the listeners and see Ooh, what that... that's staring at me. You know for a while we're going to get someone... No, we've got to do this, listeners. We've got to like it and yeah. want to do it. We're not going to do it if we don't. And do not all go on there and put last of the summer wine. No, we don't. Because we don't I will that. not do it. <laughs> don't matter how many people. The only person who could make me do it, probably Kelly Brook. If she got on there and said do that, I probably would. Well, about... shall I get in touch with the, the Sun newspaper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She seems to have got a good yeah, That's all she ever is in these days. Uh, okay, so yeah. we'll put it on. Now, uh, our good friend Jen is going to tell you all about the Facebook page in a minute. So put on the Facebook page. As Kel says, we'll only do it if one, we like it, or we can argue about it. Or argue about it. Or if, right. we if, we got, if we're really passionately against it, we'll do it. Yeah. But if we're not... Mm. Well, uh, I will say, though, things coming this year, the uh, live film commentary, which we're actually going to put out as a special edition of yeah. me and you watching Star Wars The Phantom yeah. Menace. Yeah. Um, so look forward to that. Pockets now might happen this year. It is going to happen. The pockets now, I think we're going to do probably around right. my 40th, because yeah, I look yeah. forward to having a good yeah, 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 yeah. about that. And we are going to do the Sweeney, somewhere along the line. Yeah. Um, so what did we do? What was the last one? Mammal Heart Cody. So we've done a classic British. We've done well, an American if film. If anyone, you know, anyone wants to put anything that we really, you know, put it on. Mm. Get anyone go on there. I know a few people do that anyway, but we'll put it out there. This is what it's going to be the next one. And if we like it, we'll do it. Yep, that sounds fair enough. So thank you for listening to the show, and we'll see you next month. Bye. If you would like to voice your opinions in written or vocal form, then please do email the lads at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com and await your views to be aired and then royally torn apart or praised. 
If you stalk the internet and hide in such social networks as Facebook, then why not join the group page? It's easy to do. Just type Waffle on Podcast in the search bar, find the page, and join. This has been a Waffle on Production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly, 2012. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over-the-counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and BlackBerry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Just one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by Jewelbeat.com Hello, I'm Meds. You're not Meds. <laughs> and I'm Kel. You're not Kel either. I don't even sound like him, do I? I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm I sound not like sure. the Geico lizard. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to do that. Anyway, hey, we love Waffle On. Waffle On's fun. I just love the podcast. Meds and Kel, you're so cool. By the way, this is Rick. And this is Amy, and we are the hosts of Take Him With You. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss our geeky Moyer home. Yes, we are geeky. And we're really fun, though. We talk about our faith and how it relates to the world around us. And I absolutely love Star Trek and heavy metal music. It's just too much fun. And I tolerate Star Trek and don't like heavy metal music at all. <laughs> what do you like? I like reading and quiet music and home and garden TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You like some of British sci-fi stuff, right? You know, I do like some sci-fi. I, I really do, but um, just I'm not as passionate about it as you are. That's okay. We lived we've lived together for 24 years, and uh, it's okay. Opposites attract, and we're still we're we're still married, eh? Yeah. Eh? Yeah. That's Canadian. That's not English. Oh, well. I say we go have a cup of tea. Indeed. Indeed. Indubitably. I can't even say that. You do like tea, though. I do like tea. Yes. Earl Grey. Hot. Well, anyway, if you get a chance to listen to our podcast, do so. It's at TakeHimWithYou.com, or you can find us on... iTunes. Just look up Take Him With You. And you can hit the little subscribe button, and it's free. Yep. So thanks, Meds and Kel. Have a great day, and uh, thanks for uh, letting us do our promo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Tea time. You're still here? It's over.
go home. Go. Ed Rooney. Ed, this is George Peterson. How are you today, sir? Well, we've had a bit of bad luck this morning, as you may have heard. Yeah, I heard, and oh, I'm all broken up. Boy, what a blow. Well, uh, it's been a tough morning, and uh, we've got a lot of family business to take care of, so if you wouldn't mind excusing Sloan, I'd uh, appreciate it. Uh, uh, sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah, you uh, you, you just produce a corpse, and uh, I'll release Sloan. I want to see this dead grandmother firsthand. It's all right, Grace. It's Ferris Bueller, a little twerp. I'm going to set a trap and let him fall right into it. Uh, uh, Ed, I'm, I'm sorry, did... Did you say you wanted to see a body? Yeah, that's right. Just uh, roll her old bones on over here, and I'll dig up your daughter. You know that school <laughs> policy. Oh. Uh, was this your mother? Uh, no, my wife's mother. Ed Rooney's office. Hi, this is Ferris Bueller. Can I speak to Mr. Rooney, please? Thank you. Uh, hold. I'll tell you what, dipshit. You don't like my policies, you can just come on down here and smooch my big old white butt. Cat! Pucker up, Buttercup. What? Ferris Bueller's online, too. Hey, Mr. Rooney, how you doing? Listen, uh, I'm sorry to disturb you at work, but I'm not feeling very well today. And I was wondering if it might be possible for my sister to bring home any assignments for my classes that I might need. Have a nice day. <clears throat> Mr. Peterson? Um... <coughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think I owe you an apology, sir. Well, I should say you do. I, uh, I, I, I... Well, I think you should be sorry, for Christ's sake. A family member dies, and you insult me. What the hell is the matter with you, anyway? Uh, 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 well, uh, I, I, I really don't know, sir. I mean, I, I, I didn't think I was talking to you. I thought I was talking to somebody else. You know, sir, that I would never deliberately insult you like that. I, I, I can't begin to tell you how embarrassed I am. Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. What? Asshole! Uh, you're absolutely right, sir. You've hit the nail right in the head. Find out where she is. This isn't over yet, Buster. Do you read me? Uh, loud and clear, Mr. Peterson. Call me sir, goddammit. Yes, 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 sir, yes, sir. That's better. Well, you just mind your P's and Q's, Buster, and remember who you're dealing with. Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Bueller. 